in hell right now, gentlemen. Believe me. And we can stay here if the shit kicked out of us. Or we can fight our way back. Welcome to Conversation Peace. I'm your host, Angela Birdsong. And today we have a very special show. On Wednesday morning, March 24th, I attended a rally called by the houseless residents of Echo Park Lake. This rally was called to seek public support to protect an encampment that had been their sanctuary from the economic inequality in Echo Park for years. They were asking for help to defend their homes against Council Member Mitch O'Farrell's order to close Echo Park in order to subvert CDC guidelines against forced displacement of houseless people. Councilmember O'Farrell claimed he needed to do repairs to the water and electric system in Echo Park. However, as you will hear in the following interviews, Mitch O'Farrell himself shut down the water and electric service to half of the park over a year ago after a failed eviction attempt of the same encampment. You probably heard Councilman Farrell's press conference on most major news networks where he claimed that he used Project Room Key to house residents from Echo Park in Project Room Key hotel rooms. We have had a very successful housing operation uh, that began in January. Since that time, including yesterday evening and this morning, we have housed 161 individuals who've been experiencing homelessness at Echo Park Lake. And I've just heard that five additional are in transit to the uh, Project Room Key Hotel. This is a willful and bold-faced lie. It has been reported to Radio Justice by residents who have been moved from the park, including those who opted to take rooms in Project Room Key. That not only did the city transport them to places as far as Norwalk and Palmdale, when they arrived, there were no hotel rooms available. Movement lawyers and organizers also objected to Mitch's claim, whereas their records show less than 45 people were housed in Project Room Key over the last three months. We did these interviews on Wednesday morning. Wednesday night, over 400 police officers descended with batons and pepper spray on the residents and the activists and community members who came out to support them. That night, the people were able to push the police back so the residents can remain in the park. But the next night, the battle began in earnest when those 400 police returned with another few hundred. When the LAPD pushed the crowd back into the park, the city crew began erecting a fence around the park, trapping the residents and their supporters inside. 180 people were arrested that night. By morning, only two residents remained in the park, David Bush and Iman, who we are going to speak with in this hour. They were both arrested and removed Friday morning. So why would Councilmember O'Farrell go through all of this trouble, spend all of this money? The LAPD deployment alone cost, by most estimates, at least $200,000 a night. Remember, it was O'Farrell himself who ordered the water and electric system to be shut down. Yet, in all public statements, his reason for shutting down the park was to repair 
the water and electric systems. The houseless residents of Echo Park Lake had over the last year kept the park clean, built hardwood showers and drinking water sources to compensate for the ones that O'Farrell had taken away from them. They had constructed a community kitchen that was open to all housed and unhoused residents and regularly prepared meals for both. Does that sound like community blight to you? The real reason Mitch O'Farrell attacked one of the most stable communities in his district is because he is a failure at his job. During the course of the pandemic, O'Farrell has consistently refused to push the seizure of empty hotel rooms to keep his most vulnerable residents safe. At the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, Mayor Eric Garcetti publicly promised to open 15,000 vacant hotels to houseless residents. As of March 22nd, barely 2,261 of them have come online and only 1,724 of those rooms are occupied, according to the Project Room Key Tracker. Mitchell Farrell, instead of pushing to use the $1.2 billion in extra taxes that we all paid under Measure Triple H to build 10,000 units of permanent supportive housing, instead has continued to push short-term shelter-based temporary housing that had proven to be a failure in the mid-1980s. Another question, why is shelters the preferred solution rather than permanent housing? Because just like the pharmaceutical companies, the city of Los Angeles realized that there is less money in the cure than in the continued treatment of the problem. Every year, over 50% of our entire city budget goes into the pocket of the LAPD. The projected 2022 budget also includes a massive raise for the Los Angeles Police Department. The City Council of Los Angeles, instead of a common sense movement like a mortgage freeze effective March 2020, is spending millions of dollars bailing out landlords while you, the tenants, starve and face homelessness. O'Farrell's staff has characterized the eviction of the Echo Park as the kickoff for his re-election campaign. Think about that for a moment. Who is he representing? Is he representing you, who may have missed a few months' rents, or who may have relied upon the food line, or pray? that the federal government would extend your unemployment so you can feed your family? Is he representing all of you who have lost your jobs through this pandemic? Th through no fault of your own. Those of you who are seeing your tax dollars trickle up to the very banks that are going to foreclose on your homes the second they are legally allowed to do or the same corporations that have profited from trillions of dollars from you being locked in your homes for the last year. While you prayed that Joe Biden would give you peanuts. Councilmember O'Farrell claims that he received the petition from 4,000 residents from Elko Park against the encampment. Further analysis show that over half of those signatures were from out of state. Furthermore, there is over 30,000 people who live in the immediate area around Echo Park Lake. Council member O'Farrell has chosen a constituency of minority of gentrifiers instead of a constituency of the people of Los Angeles. And in 2022, you have the option of making him regret it. But today, 
we're going to take you to the last day of existence of a place of pure community, of sisterhood, of brotherhood, a place where people had nothing, worried about their neighbors instead of themselves. Welcome to Echo Park Lake. Welcome to Conversation Peace. We're in hell right now, gentlemen. Believe me. And we can stay here if the shit kicked out of us, or we can fight our way back. I am with Iman, who is part of Echo Park Rise Up. You, will, you can find them on Instagram. Iman. You told me that you're unhoused. Yes. Tell me your story. How, what road led you to being unhoused? Tell us about this Echo Park buildings mm-hmm. of tents and community mm-hmm. that the first time I came here, I thought people were camping here at the park because it was my first time coming here. Mm-hmm. This is my fourth time here at the park. Mm-hmm. But it's so clean and it's so peaceful. Mm that it's not what you think of when you see an unhoused encampment. Mm. So it breaks the stereotypes, in my opinion, of what people expect when they see unhoused encampments, that it can be something that's more humane until mm-hmm. housing can be provided. But let me let you tell the story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just in a nutshell, I found myself outside in the same way many do. I got let go from my job. And many people working right now, they're working paycheck to paycheck, which is what I was living, that reality. So if I miss that paycheck or job, I'm outside, just like many people. And that's just what happened. So I became outside, um, spent a year running around like a rat, concrete spot to concrete spot, till I eventually found here, found a, a community, a sense of stability and security. And then instantly the fight started because then the police came and said, you can't be here, but where can we go? And then the whole, where will you go? You know, where will we go? We're outside already. Uh, And then COVID hit and COVID became a blessing from God for us. I know it was tough on a lot of people, but COVID protected us. It protected us from the LAPD. It protected us from Mitch O'Farrell and it let us live like you live. It let us live um, knowing where we're going to sleep every night. Like, you know where you're going to sleep every night, which frees up a lot of mental space. It let us live knowing we're not going to be messed with every day, just like you guys know that. So that just frees up so much space. And uh, in this COVID, without any help from the city, from LASHA, from Urban Alchemy, none of these organizations, just community support and God, we've been able to build something here, build something here. Um, you know, they, they took our showers. We built showers. They, you know, no food, no nothing was coming out. We built a kitchen right because we deserve to eat hot food and what we got going here when you see other encampments that don't look like this it's because here we constantly reinforce the narrative that we are not sad creatures we're not woe is me oh my position that we're just outside but we are still us and when you reinforce that positivity and strength it liberates a person but what's happening is hollywood made a narrative years ago that mitch feeds into that homeless people are lazy drug addicts criminals treat them weird like that nimby lady just did and when you spend a lot of years outside and your whole environment is hostile towards you you start believing that narrative you start believing that rally that 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 uh what they're saying you start thinking maybe i am different maybe i am less than then that keeps you in your drugs that keeps you down why clean up if no one cares at me if everyone just either cusses at me or just ignores me like I don't exist why clean up why do anything this is what happens but that's not what happens here we constantly remind people that that narrative is false that you are awesome are you from California uh no I've just been out here about four years where are you from Virginia so what brought you from Virginia to California uh, I mean, I went from Virginia uh, to Vegas and then from, you know, I just moved in my life. You know, see, the thing about being homeless is you now have to justify and explain your whole existence. And I'm just so tired of it. You know, like <laughs> when you're homeless, they expect you to have the next 10 years of your life mapped out. Do you have the next 10 years? You know what I mean? Like I'm just living my day to days out here. And uh, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I, my life led me to California and my life led me outside and it turned out to be a blessing from God because I got to realize that the common humanity we all share is not dependent on economy, that we all share a common, a common humanity. When you were in Virginia, uh-huh. were you homeless in Virginia? Were you homeless in Vegas or did the homelessness It started begin? here. So I mean, in Virginia, I was younger, still in school, left Virginia, went to Vegas. Vegas, I was working and just going apartment to apartment, trying to pay rent. Uh, then left Vegas, came to Cali, same thing, trying to exist and then just became homeless. Now, would you say that it's because we don't have livable wages 
there's not enough job security for us. There's A, not livable wages, and B, the prices for any type of place to live is way too high. It's getting higher and higher and higher and higher. Uh, we're reaching a tipping point of corruption and greed, which is why we have to keep this movement going. You know, more and more people are coming unhoused every day. Now, you said that um, um, before we started recording, that you guys have a community kitchen here. Explain yeah. that. So the goal with the kitchen, and it was always like the final goal, the goal with the kitchen has always been to break these barriers put on us of unhoused and housed, to make the kitchen so nice that we can eat together. We had plans, like like in New York, you know how, how they had got those chess tables outside? We wanted to put that up here so we could play, you know, do things together as a community, break down those barriers, eat together, and just enjoy each other's common humanity. So what happens after the state of emergency dissipates here in Echo Park. Which what, you, so right what, now, you're, you, you know, you said the, the pandemic has been a blessing. Yeah. What happens after it goes? What happens after it goes? Then what we built here needs to be acknowledged, right? You can't keep these, these programs, these housing programs that these governments create. It's not real. It just cycles people like sheep cycles them like sheep and keeps them weak because in order to get into this program you now need to fit their narrative and now you need to tell a sad story you see my unhoused neighbors don't tell sad stories to me i chill with them i hang out with them but when y'all talk to them or when the city talks to them all of a sudden it's so hard to be outside woe is me woe is me woe is me and that weakens you as a person and makes you genuinely think i need the government and that's what happens with these programs they only cycle them out and these programs there's no goal to actually put you in housing the only goal is to spread the the, the money amongst each other behind closed doors oh what's that uncle sam just shot us 50 million all right let's put 10 million towards this thing and then let's spread that 40 that's that's the only goal we're dealing with corruption and greed all of us so the question that people like me who are reporting mm -hmm. the question we should be asking you guys is what instead of the woe is me story <laughs> what should we be asking you so people would know Rather than ask us, have a conversation with us and see how we're no different than your sister, your brother, or your mother, because we're not. You know, before I became homeless, I would see tents, and because because eyes are un are that are because uh, when your eyes are unaccustomed to tents, it looks dirty. So you instantly think, oh, it's dirty, a tent. No, you know, now having been outside and God put me in this position, there is no distinction. You're still you. You know what I'm trying to say here? Like, that doesn't change. And that's what I want y'all to realize. We don't need your charity. We don't need your pity. We don't need to justify our lives to you. Just come hang out with us and talk to us like you do with your neighbors because we are your neighbors. A community is not defined by economy. It's defined by location. And if you're here and we're all here, whether you're in that house or in this tent, we're a community. So let's do things together. Right, right. And that's exactly when I, when, I, when I first came to this park, mm -hmm. I didn't see an unhoused encampment. I saw community. I saw people enjoying the park, enjoying their living space. Mm. And I didn't know that it was unhoused people in, in the encampment at all. So you're right. It's got to change. We got to change our lens. Yeah. Of, of how change we see the lens it. of how we see it. Right. Don't let Hollywood and Mitch define how you view people, you know? See right. yourself and others, and then you will see reality the way it is. So now, how did you guys build these showers? Uh, we built it. You know, people like to give me the credit, but it's not. There's a lot of talent in these tents. A lot of guys know construction. And just as a whole coalition and community, we built these showers. Finally, hot water showers daily. You know, uh, Mayor Garcetti cut the shelter so we couldn't go to the shelters. COVID got it so we can't shower at the gym. Uh, Mitch, or Mayor, probably Mayor Garcetti again, defunded the um, care unit. So we only get them coming out two days out the week. What about the other five days out the week? How are we supposed to shower? I want to take daily showers. Finally got these hot water showers rolling. Finally started spreading the word to our unhoused neighbors all over the city. And then now this. You know, if they succeed and they end up tearing everything down, where are we going to shower? It's back to bird bathing. And when you see a homeless person at a, at a public sink bird bathing and you go, why are they doing that ill? It's because they got nowhere else to shower. You don't think we need to shower? The, even ancient Rome had public bathhouses for its citizens. We have nowhere. The government is not using taxpayer dollars correctly at all. They should be using it to build showers, kitchens, and things like that. They're not doing the job correctly. Okay. You Now, you used um, an acronym earlier, NIMBY. Explain yeah. what NIMBY is. NIMBY is a N-I-M-B-Y, and it's the not-in-my-backyard people. It's the people that say, oh, no, I don't have a problem with homeless people. I love them. My best friend's homeless, but not in my backyard. 
That's who we're dealing with. And these are not, they're not real human beings yet. They're not. They're robots caught up in their own head, caught up on whatever screen they're watching. They're not real people if they can't see common humanity in the face in front of them. They're not real people yet. Okay, give us your, your Instagram um, 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 site again, please. Instagram, uh, you can go on Echo Park Rise Up on Instagram, and you can see our story documented, uh, how we built this whole thing together. Any last words? Uh, God is good always, and look what he's done today, you know? I just hope he continues to bless us in this movement. Yes, yes, amen. Oh, one more question. Go ahead. Just to explain. So what, who is trying to remove the encampment here. Mitch O'Farrell in conjunction with the LAPD and probably being pressured by his rich real estate donors. But if we got to put a name on it, it's Mitch O'Farrell. Okay. And then you also mentioned care units that come out twice a week. Mm -hmm. well, who who um, provides the care units and what are the care units are supposed to do? The care units are supposed to come out so you have a spot to do your hygiene, right? They got four shower spots in them. They're run by Urban Alchemy, but these people are snakes as well. None of these organizations care about, uh, care about you. And when the intent with what you're doing is false, then what you're doing will fail. And when people who just treat you like a number and talk to you as if you're just like... You know, as if you didn't go to school, as if you're dumb, which is how they speak to us. It, you know, it's just it's just not a good look. It's not good for growth. It's not good for liberation. You know, I see a lot of my friends go into these programs and come back weaker. And they always come back because these programs don't put you into homes. They just cycle you until the money runs out because all they want to do is get Uncle Sam to pay him money so they can live their corrupt, greedy lives. I'm Angela Birdsong with Conversation Peace, and I'm still here in Echo Park. And I'm at Monica's home right now. Oh my goodness, her home is so beautiful. Monica, I love your home. Um, tell me, how did you create all of this well, right started, here? It started when my boyfriend, my boyfriend had the idea. His name is Marcus Sanchez. Um, he started out with everything around here. Um, I help him a little bit. It started out when the pandemic started, we were sad, no job, nothing, so. He said he likes flowers, he likes planting. So I told him, okay, if he liked the idea, we could start using it around here, see if they don't say nothing. And we did. Little by little, we planted the trees, uh, flowers, garlic, tomato, chili, um, the welcome sign, the love sign. We drew that together. Uh, home, uh, he brought plants from work that they threw out, um, decorated it. Like these are fake flowers from, <laughs> you'll tell 99 cents so he painted out with paint. He got that from the job too. So the other plant too, the other one too. So we managed to stay it like that. Okay, Keep it guys, clean. You guys have a two, a two tent. Yeah, um, one for storage and one for sleeping. But right now I'm trying to see if I could get one down. Other case, in either, either case, if the police comes by and tells us to get it our way. Right. And so the the idea that some that 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 authorities, um, law enforcement authorities, can possibly come here at a moment's notice and tell you that you have to move. How does that make you feel? And where would you go? Uh, um, first thing, I'm hoping to God they won't. I'm just praying to God they won't. And if they do, well, I have to obey rules. I can't just fight because I don't fight with the police. That's one of the things I have. I just, my breaking heart will be this, our garden, our space that we could hopefully got together, me and him, with all our love. He made that table out of wood from his job. Um, actually, the wood over there, too. That'll break my heart, too. He decorated it for Valentine's Day. It was different on Valentine's Day. He made hearts, names of families from his family and my family. So it was different on Valentine's, but that'll break my heart if we have to. And where would you go? Well... We don't know yet, so we don't have a stable place yet. We're just hoping, I'm just hoping to God they won't throw us out. My boyfriend works days, yes, days, no. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, so I help him sometimes, but someone told us today was gonna be eviction day right here, or sweep day, 
So I, he brought me here early because we were working in another place. So, and he brought me here early so I could get our stuff together, at least together, maintain clean and take care of our stuff. Now, how long have you guys been here in, in, in Echo Park? Nine months. Nine months at the most. Some people don't care how we deal with our our stuff. Some the cops don't care how we eat. The cops don't care how we keep it clean or not. If we maintain it clean, they just gonna say bye, get out of here. They don't care. So I'm just praying to God and hoping to God they won't throw us out. That's my. Now, what type what type of work do you do? Uh, he works on construction. I help him a little bit on construction, picking up the trash and all that. This is me and my boyfriend's, how we see it, our home, our own sweet home. Right, right, right. And it's, it, like I said, it, it's, it, it is, it's beautiful. It, it, feels, it feels welcoming. You got the welcome sign. And I can't even tell which tent you guys live in and which one is storage because they, they both are... We try to maintain and clean inside, both of them organized and as we can, outside as inside. Right. And then have you been in the same location at the park for nine months? Yeah, this same spot. How, how did you pick this spot? Uh, from, we started, we like it from, from the tree, because of the tree, the shade. But sometimes, oh well, you, as you can see, part of the tree falls, but we pick it up and as long as it doesn't uh, stop on us, we're good. The wind blows everything down, but we try. We try. Maintain it clean. Uh, and you're, you're doing well. <laughs> it looks good. It looks good. Now, if you, if you had your choice of where you want to live in, in a non-tent situation, where would that be? A stable home, but not, no shelters. I don't confide on shelters. No hotels. I don't confide on hotels. The reasons I don't confide on shelters, um, five days, no, five years ago, sorry. They took my son away from me on Mother's Day. That's one of the reasons I don't come fight on shelters and on hotels. I don't trust them because uh, they have the rules. He goes to work, I go to work, they don't, and there's shelters or places they don't let you go out or let you do their own, own thing. Like I studied, I study medical assistant before, I'm studying medical billing right now. I'm doing something for myself. But other than that, Besides that, part-time I work, part-time I go to school. So I only have two months and a half left for medical billing. Hopefully God, I'll go, I'll graduate from that too and find a job. And I'm just praying to God everything will go well. And God maintain us healthy all the time, so that's why I'm with God. And if, as you can see, our sign right there says Jesus. I, I am a follower of Jesus for sure, most definitely am. And in my conversation piece, um, listening audience, I, ho I hope you guys know that I'm a follower of Jesus. <laughs> um, Monica, where, where are you in school? Uh, ATC, a, a, a technical, ATC Associate Technical College. It's on Alvarado and, uh, no, it's on, uh, Burlington and close to 7th Street, but it's in close by other Echo Park, I mean close by MacArthur Park. Right. Well, Monica, thank you so much for, for giving me time um, today to, to enter your home and, and to, to admire it. And, and thank you for sharing your story with me. You're welcome. I'm Angela Birdsong, reporting for Conversation Piece, right here at Monica's home. We'll be back with more later. Welcome to America, where you can dream as long as you can breathe. You can be the motherfucking president of the United States or get murdered right on these streets. Welcome to the America. The sins that a father, my pop, gave me to suffer. The friends I will follow was crack babies and hustlers. It's still sharp and still in the block. Made me a cutler. My pen is from the future, like Octavia Butler's. My grandmother sutured a flag from bloody cotton. The fruits of her labor, alas, already rotten. My man said, Joe. It's crazy how fast that we've forgotten 
that we used to pull boxes and plows like we were oxen and cows without an option. And now it's this glorious, victorious story only pitch for me to shut it down. They sold some of us down the rivers. It's such a broad level of fraud. I get the shivers. It's insidious and it's always been hideous. I had to tread water and run, be amphibious. They do you so dirty for one. Yo, what's cleanliness? It make you wanna let off a gun into the emptiness life. I'm hella melanated Blackness is my religion To that I'm dedicated I follow the laws of nature By which I'm regulated The universe, my university I'm educated This one is for my very revolutionaries Out here keeping it a hundred Even though the truth is heavy Who stand firmly and see that life is a journey To either God or the gurney My public defender Bernie So did the district attorney In a turbulent trial They told me that time is master What I'm serving it now Tell my family I'll be making my return in a while And every symbol of oppression I'll be burning Welcome to America, where you can dream as long as you can breathe. You can be the motherfucking president of United States and get murdered right on these streets. Welcome to America, land of the brave and the home of the free. You can be a saint or a sinner or a billionaire. Been scarred and freezing. I've been called the nigger and then called the heathen when hounds found me. They couldn't even tell if I was breathing in America. We're on black men. It's open season. I'm Angela Birdsong, RadioJustice.org, Conversation Peace host, and I'm here at Echo Park for Services Not Sweep. They have a huge community action going on here. Crowds of folks who are concerned that housing is a human right. I'm with Dogon of Los Angeles Community Action Network. Dogon, why are you here and what is going on and what does LA Can stand on all of this? So, um, so thank you, uh, Angela, for you know, having me. Uh, my name is General Dogon. I'm a people's organizer on Skill Road uh, with the Los Angeles Community Action Network. Uh, and we're here today in support of our brothers and sisters, right, that are houseless uh, in Echo Park, right? Uh, we're here as also a part of, you know, we're here in, in, in brotherhood with some of our uh, coalition members, services in our sweeps, uh, DSA, and some of the other brothers, right? And so um, we're here basically to support folks, you know what I mean? Um, this is a time uh, when we see that the city needs to be focusing, you know what I mean, on one thing, and that is how to figure out how to build housing to get our brothers and sisters off the streets. Right. It's not a time for the city to be doing unnecessary sweeps. It's not a time for the city right, to be going around uh, harassing people and uh, criminalizing folks that have no place to go. Right. Um, I just want to read something right here real quickly okay. that, that a brother gave to me. Pete White, the Los Angeles Community Action, just texted me. Right. And he said, the city of Los Angeles is engaged in a project of white return and racial banishment, segregation, redlining, racial covenants, sundown laws are now showing up as two sheds. 
enforcement zones, stay away orders, and fences, and they're enforced by hashtag LAPD. Same shit, new day. If these if these repairs resemble those at Lemur Park, the park will soon be unusable for all residents, housed and unhoused. Mitchell failure will soon feel the wrath of his NIMBY collective, demanding the fences come down as its defining feature of EP gentrification. The city of Los Angeles, right, continues, right, to, uh, to invest in criminalization. Public land must remain public. Fill those temporary beds at the L.A. Grand and Mayflower Hotel and make sure uh, that the lucky few are not booted to the streets when the federal bank checks returns out in September. Get ROU on the, uh, on the one billion in subsidies to the hotel industry, hashtag uh, unlock the doors. Right. And so this is, you know, one of the statements, you know, something that, that, that was created, you know, by P. White, right, uh, uh, executive director of uh, L.A. Can. And uh, just like I said, we see that the city right now, you know, the only thing Mitch should be investing in is public health infrastructure. Uh, when you look around the city, you look at all these, these districts, you see that one thing that's consistent with all these districts is one, the criminalization. You see these sweeps that's going on across the city, right smack in a time when they should be basically focusing on housing, getting housing for people. Until they can get housing for people, what the city needs to be doing is bringing out uh, public health infrastructure in the form of toilet stools, in the form of hand washing stations, right? This is what's needed. When you look around this park, right, you see that they got toilets and uh, uh, hand washing stations with folks, but they cut them off to uh, to houses people, these people that's homeless, right? And so um, just like what he was saying in here, this is another form of Jim Crow. It's another form of segregation, right? Who can be in public space and who can't be in public space? Uh, L.A. is the most racist city west of the Mississippi, right? L.A. leads the nation, continuing LAPD shootings. They lead the nation in homelessness. They lead the nation in incarceration. Everything that's messed up and jacked up, L.A. leads the nation in. So for other cities and states, you know, they have a homeless crisis, L.A. should set a, a standard of what not to do, you know what I mean, in a homeless crisis and shit. And it's racist because when you see who's on the ground, it's a majority black folks. And we see that it's four black folks are dying a day. You know what I mean? Homeless people are dying a day in the city and county of Los Angeles. Last year it was three, now it was four. You had some uh, service providers that are saying it's five or six people that's dying a day. But nevertheless, uh, we're here to just say, you know what I mean, that it's time to do some real investment, time for the city to start, you know, uh, stop pussyfooting around and, and get to housing people. <laughs> okay, well, that was a very impacted statement that you read from Pete White, Executive Director of Los Angeles Community Action Network. Explain for the audience, who is Mitch Failure, as you refer to him? Oh, that's Mitch, Mitch, Mitch O'Farrell. So Mitch O'Farrell is the council member of this district. Yeah, right. And so, uh, and so what we're saying, and what we're saying is that, you know, when you look at all these, these council districts, you know, it's, I mean, they have invested zero money into the homeless crisis. They have vested zero money in the public health infrastructure. You can't find a toilet, you know what I mean? You can't find a hand wash station nowhere around here. In fact, the houses people had to create their own toilet and their own showers over here, right? And so this is a time, you know what I mean, when we see that uh, uh, the pandemic is going on around the city and it's a time when, uh, uh, when the city just don't have an answer for, for the homeless crisis. Uh, these uh, politicians that's in the office, they incompetent, they're not capable of, uh, of solving this crisis, right? They got billions of dollars in Triple H, you know what that means? They messed all that money off, right? And then the city has been sued six times. I could do roll call on all the lawsuits, Justin versus City of Los Angeles, uh, Jones versus City of Los Angeles, uh, uh, Fitzgerald versus the City of Los Angeles, Tony LeVan versus City of Los Angeles, Carl Mitchell versus the City of Los Angeles, Garcia versus the City of Los Angeles right now, right? So this is 20 years of corruption, 20 years. They've, the last the city been found six times guilty in federal court of either straight out uh, uh, illegally confiscating and destroying homeless people's property or Eighth Amendment cruel or unusual punishment of, 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 of violating uh, people's rights to be in public space and Jim Crow shit, right? So according to California law, 
three convictions, you're a career criminal. Right. And the, the city has been convicted six times. Right. So that's a, a double up. You know, it's that me three strike law. You got people that's doing 25 years of life with all day that ain't did 90 percent of the shit. You know, that me that the city done done. You know, and so when we're here to say that it's time, you understand me, to move on. You understand me, it's time for the city. You know, understand me, to real get uh, into um, uh, 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 investing in some real housing, because right now. The city's about to get put on a federal consent degree because they're incapable of solving the homeless crisis. Well, now, please tell the audience, this is during the pandemic. We're in a state of emergency in, in California. What is the expectations when the pandemic is over, whether that's 2022, 2021, or 2023? What needs to change as the pandemic dissipates for the unhoused residents the city need to the city need to right now need to defund uh the the, the sanitation department defund the police out of the homeless budget right that's going to free up hundreds of millions of dollars right there. They need to reallocate that money to housing. The city need to stop investing in these temporary-ass shelters and all these other temporary crap. Because when the funding is over with, people are going to be right back on the street again. And with the, with the, the COVID-19 evictions that's coming up, it's going to be triple up already on the streets. They're talking about over 500,000 evictions just from COVID-19. And then every time the city just did a homeless count, Lhasa, and it, the, they say that the homelessness is up 13%. We say put a one in front of that, you know what I'm saying? 113% homelessness is up because people is everywhere. You can't deny the tents, right? So there's a lot that the city needs to be doing right now. But what the people need to do, we need to take it to the streets because when we're in the streets, we get what we want. You know what I'm saying? And, and the Floyd uh, 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 protest showed that, you know what I'm saying? That, that when we're in the street, they can't be in the street. They got to give us what, what we want. Just like the song say, you got to give the people what they want. All right. right. Okay. So spring... 2020, spring 2021. Is there a difference in the support and the services that are needed for unhoused residents? So, so yeah, there's a there's a lot of support that's needed for the unhoused residents. We need everything. You know, I mean, we've been totally uh, denied. You know, instead of me and disenfranchised from across the board in all areas, all categories. You know, instead of me, just like I said. Um, you, you, you can't deny, you know, I mean, that, you know, the, the tents are up, you know, I mean, you see it all over the place. It just used to be on Skid Row, you know, I mean, and around about. Now it's in every district. It's in everywhere. It's even on the west side, you know, I mean, you see tents everywhere, you know, I mean, where we never saw them before. You got a tent city outside. They say city hall. I call it shitty hall. You know what I mean right now? It's a tent, you know what I mean, encampment right there. Right? And so you got tents. That's, the, you know, outside the police station. I was driving by the Olympic police station on Vermont. It's surrounded by tents. Now, that, that, that's bad when the homeless people ain't got no other place to sleep but outside the police station. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Now, you know the conditions don't got bad. <laughs> you know, the only thing left is a spot outside the police station, and you got to take that. You know what I'm saying? So people need housing. You know what I'm saying? That's the bottom line. You know, in the, in, in the city of Los Angeles, you know what I'm saying? It's been going on too long. The last four mayors have, you know, totally neglected the homeless crisis in this city, right? So it's time to, to, to put homelessness first. This is the number one political agenda in the nation, homelessness right now, the number one. And you got people that's, that's in the, the city council, you got people that's, that's in other parts of the, the, the city government that's trying to run for mayor right now. And you can't even find a person, a shitter or a hand washing station, you know what I mean, to put on the block. You know what I mean, but what you want to be mayor? Come on, knock it off. Okay, and my last question, give us your website for LA Can so people will know how to go to find your website and what should they be looking for on the website. So you can always call us and reach us directly at uh, 213-228-0024. That's our direct number if you have a quick question. All right. And then uh, you can go on our website, see the pictures, see the, the fight back that we've been doing to the last like three decades. And it's www.cangress.org. And that's Cangress spelled with a C, C-A-N-G-R-E-S-S. Okay, Dogon, thank you so much. I have so many more questions. But my very last question for you, what do you want to tell 
house residents who don't know what you know and seen what you have seen. It's time to be a good damn neighbor. You know what I'm saying? For one, you know what I'm saying? And then for two, you got to understand that it is not homeless people's fault. If you got to complain about tents in your neighborhood, you got to complain about the homeless crisis, and you should, because those are our brothers and sisters that's out there and, and forced to live, you know what I'm saying, in subhumane conditions. You know what I'm saying? You had three rapporteurs that come in this city, and, and they all criticized the city of Los Angeles for the way they treated houseless people, right? Uh, it's time for you to get up, you know what I'm saying, and it's time for you to speak out. You know what I'm saying? Call your council member, tell him to quit messing around, you know what I'm saying, and get down to the, 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 the housing folks. You know what I'm saying? So people got to get involved and got to get involved the right way. Not none of this NIMBY crap, because we've been hearing all this hate talk for the last 30 years, and that ain't the problem. You know what I'm saying? They talking about, oh, people disown drugs, people is out of their mind, they don't want housing. That's a lie. The last homeless count debunked that. Because it said 79% of the people is homeless, not because they lost their mind or because they on drugs. It's because of housing affordability and accessibility. I'm going to say that again. With housing affordability and accessibility. You're living in a city in a, uh, uh, where, the, uh, where the rent is high. It's high. I don't want to say <laughs> it's so high. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's high. You know what I'm saying? It's the highest in the nation. Right? And so um, where you're talking about uh, uh, studios, apartments, you know, that means $1,200, $1,300. How you going to afford that when you're on GR? How you going to afford that when you're on SSI? How you going to afford that when you're on disability? You know what I'm saying? That's your whole check plus five or $600. And if you're not getting a, su- you don't have a subsidized unit, then you out here in a tent. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what we're saying. Housing needs to make, be made available across the board everybody. for everybody. Right. And that's what's going to be the solution to this problem. And I have Wall Street with me, who is part of the Echo Park Rise Up Coalition, and also which is supported by the LA Street Street Watch. Uh, Wall Street, are you unhoused? Why are you here? Do you live here in Echo Park? Or what, what is your part in this whole movement? Yes, thank you very much. Uh, good morning to everyone listening. Um, I am unhoused and Echo Park is my home. We have built a community here over the past year, ever since the virus spread. Um, I've been here for most of that time, on and off. Uh, at one point, I did manage to rent out a, a, a bed in a shared home down by um, by Washington and Fig. Um, and so, but I, I came back to the park because it, that that living situation wasn't ideal. You're crammed in with, you know four other guys in a, in a room, which is actually against code, but you know, landlords don't care. They just care about the money. And eventually I, I realized, I said, you know, I'm not happy here. I, I'm paying rent, overpriced rent for a bed in, in a shared room where, and I, I'm, you know, constant arguments with the other guys. Um, so I realized, you know, my quality of life went down as soon as, you know, when I moved into that place and I decided, you know, I got to go back to the park and and you know be happy out there because out here you have a, a a higher standard of living you know you you breathe fresh air you you talk to your neighbors i know we're all a family um and and you know we stand together we we protect our 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 home this is our home uh we love it out here and we're going to stand here together and really just uh stand up for our rights and not just our rights but everyone's rights because at the end of the day you know the day they clear this park out of 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 you know they want to call us homeless but we're just people you know, we're just people. They use homeless as a term to, to demonize us. But, you know, we're humans and we're normal people. You know, it's not, they're not, we're not drug addicts. We're not criminals. And that's a fact. They want to paint this picture that we're, we're, that we're nobody. That, we, that, you know, we don't belong here. That, we're, that we belong on the sidewalk or in alleys. And the reality is that every day that goes by, rents, rents go up more. Um, when they clear this park, rents are going to keep going up overnight. When they clear this park, everyone's rents are going to go up, okay? There's going to be more homeless people. The, what, the, what, what the councilman, Mitch, wants to do doesn't solve anything. It adds to the problem. He's, he's looking out for the people that donated to his election. And he's, he's going for re-election, so he has to make them happy and, and say, look, I'm, I'm fighting to, to make home prices go up for you guys because you guys are the real estate developers that profit from that. Everyone else, the public, um, is hurt by that. And that's, and that's a reality, and that's what people have to understand. And they have to, you know, once you understand that, you, you, you know, you know where you should stand if you're about uh, affordable housing for everybody 
and and people just you know being this is america you know the bottom line this is america and america has a tradition of standing up for 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 everyone's rights here worldwide and that and that's what this is about it's much more than oh you know i i want to stay at the park it's way more than that it's about everyone's rights everyone's rights to affordable housing and and we just have to stop the cycle of of home prices going up homeless homelessness going up criminalizing people that just want want a, a life a normal life whether it's at the park or or, or or home you know but when you have to worry about oh am i going to make rent next month or the month after especially in the pandemic you know jobs aren't coming back at least not as fast as they, they should be they want to they want to you know they, too many jobs were lost and and you know we, we didn't we didn't get much help from from the government and and we're not asking for help from the government we're asking for us to be empowered to, to provide our own solutions and be able to you know have this community and stand up and be happy you said that you were um sharing a room with three other three other men how many rooms were in in that place was it an apartment was it, it a was, house it was a three-story house um and um, it was probably around 30 people living in that house. Every room had at least three people. Some have four, some have five. Everyone was paying 600, cheapest one room bed was $600 a month, you know? And it just way, it just, it, you know, and that's, that's, that, that's everywhere across the city and across the state and the many other places around the country and around the world where you having to work um, on, on, you know, minimum wage, which is not a living wage and you're having to pay most of your wage to for rent and 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 your quality of life is is pretty bad you know i could you know i i, I like some of my neighbor you know my roommates in that in that place um but beyond that just being crammed in that tight i mean it's not it's like a prison pretty much and you're paying for you know for the ability to to sleep and in a, in a room with three other guys and it's a prison the only thing worse than that would be like going into one of the hotel rooms that they offer because those you have curfew seven to seven okay you're not free if you love your freedom you know you wouldn't want to stay in one of those i don't care how nice where it's located if it's the grand central or, or 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 the u.s tower if you don't have your freedom you have nothing so to me that was not an option that's why i'm still out here some people took it and but everyone that i've heard from that took that option does, doesn't like the curfew doesn't like the restrictions so you know it's 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 very, it's not a solution it's temporary for those people and it's just temporary for long long enough for for the city to try and move everyone else clear everyone else out and then 3 months from now they're going to kick everyone out the hotels and they're going to be back on the street on the sidewalk and alleys on you know on home way where way worse off than they were before they went into those rooms the 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 30 person occupant house that you were living in did they provide meals? No, they didn't provide anything. Um, it was just, you know, pay rent and, you know, that's fine. And honestly, like, uh, being, being, you know, having to share such a small place with, with that many people wasn't the worst, you know. It was just like the, the house was in disrepair. Um, the AC sometimes wouldn't work. Um, there was mold on the walls. And that's, and that's, that's, you know, that's across, like I said, across the city, there's, there's uh, you know, uh, landlords that all they care about is is the money in their pocket. They don't care about the tenants, and and we have rights, you know, house or unhouse. So that's why we're really out here standing up for our rights. And I encourage everyone to show your support, to you know make your voices heard. Talk, you know, call your councilman, uh, call the mayor, call his office, and let him know, and and let him know that you know they should they should uh, allow people to build a community here to maintain that community like we have without any issues. Without, without, and, and let them know that that you know their solutions are just adding to the problem, and that's a fact. And and we have to let them know that we understand that, that we can see that, and then we're not going to take it anymore. Now, you, uh, explain the curfew. You said 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Yeah, project key, room key, whatever it's called. Um, you know, you sign up, uh, and actually they make you sign papers. And from what I understand, one of those papers says that you you can't if you leave if you don't come back from you know for curfew you're considered a fugitive okay and that that's so it just it, it just it's just nonsense you know bottom line is not some people look i've lived out here and i'll let you know that some people that are homeless have you know mental health issues when you put them in that room 
you get them you know they do a little better but they you don't really not addressing the, their issues you know it doesn't solve anything it's not a solution you, you know you I, I heard you do get they do give you uh, like breakfast um, but your hours to be free are from 7 to 7 you have to be back by 7 you have to check in they can come into your room anytime you can't go outside and talk you know talk to your neighbors you have no neighbors basically you might have, you know there might be people down down your hallway but you don't know them you don't talk to them you only, you only see them when you're going in and out of your room okay so it's not it's not a community it's not a home it's just basically a prison if you think about it that sounds much more like a prison than, than a home so it's not a solution it's, it's not a adequate and, and they want to say that oh you know we offered you housing that's not housing that's a prison it's a prison you don't have your freedom and you don't have your rights in there out here we do and we're going to stand for those rights was there a reason given why you had to be back in the hotel room by 7 p.m yeah you you couldn't leave before seven and and you got to be back before seven i haven't heard any re any you know reason the only thing i you know they want to they want to you know blame COVID or whatever but it's not about that you know it's about making it you know doing the least effort to you know not it's not even thinking about you know how do how can we you know they're not thinking of it as you know a tenant or, or or just an individual person with friends they just they just look at you like a number a stat on the sheet oh we got this many people housed in a room with curfew with no freedom you know that's how they look at it and that, that's 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 how they calculate things and it's just it's just not acceptable we can't accept that that's why we're still out here and we're going to stay out here until things change so for anybody who is listening right now to to this conversation what would you suggest they they ask for such as removing the curfew what else definitely removing the curfew um and really i mean to be honest it's it's it just that solution is just completely it's not a solution it's not it's not a long-term solution it's a bridge to nowhere you know after the you know three months six months are up you're out on your own again so it's not a solution and you can't call it that okay so it's just an excuse to try and clear people out i'm not for you know i've seen look i've seen other places where that where the government the the city um legislators actually care put in the effort and the resources to actually build some some decent nice affordable housing for people okay and and it can be done and they don't have to be tiny sheds in the parking lot where you have to share with somebody and you have to share a bathroom it doesn't have to be like that but the way they they address these issues is so inhumane you know they look at us like animals like like we're nobody and you can tell just by their approach that's that's how they think about us that's how they, and the thing is they're going to think about you about you the same way when your rent goes up and you can't afford it anymore because you know they, they they get the resource the resources you know they they, they get donations to get reelected. So they don't—they're not in, in our shoes, and and they can't. We got, but we have to make them understand that we know the truth, and we know that the city actually has the resources to do something and do something that's that's adequate, not not Project Roomkey. I'm I'm totally against it just because, um, as a whole, it's a flawed project. It's, it's it doesn't address any issues, and it's just like a band-aid. So, um, yeah, definitely, you know, call them, let them know that we can. We just have to come together. And, and look at real solutions that, that take into account that, that uh, prioritize, you know, the, the people, the, mo the, you know, the, the most susceptible to, uh, to homelessness, and which, is, which is everyone that's, that, you know, is, is, is working for a wage that is not, you know, that's not, doesn't have real estate, doesn't have, you know, um, other sources of income. That's just a normal person like most people are, where you just go to work, make money, pay your bills to try and take care of your family or even start a family. What is next for you, Wall Street? I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna be here, and I'm gonna continue to be here. We're gonna, we need everyone to, to show their support. We will be victorious. Um, this, is, this is not about me. It's about everyone's rights and everyone's rights to affordable housing. So that fight's gonna continue, and it, and it's gonna carry on every day. And I encourage everyone that's that's interested in this to to you know let, let your voice be heard, whether it's an email, a call, whatever, or if you can show up here today, tomorrow. Uh, do so. Uh, like I said, we can't let up. You know, a victory today or tomorrow will be a, a battle won, but the war is still going on and it's going to continue. And that's why everyone has to um, stand together and, and really make their voices heard. I really want to thank everyone for allowing me to interview them during a very troubling time. Monica of Echo Park, 
I'm in Wall Street of Echo Park Rise Up. And thanks to General Dogon of Los Angeles Community Action Network. You can search for Los Angeles Community Action Network on Facebook. And for more information on Echo Park Rise Up, find them on Instagram. Remember to be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be brave. Be courageous. And let all that you do be done with love.